Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the greatest podcast about the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus DS9. But today we're not talking about those two great shows. We're talking about a Star Trek cartoon. That's right. It's our coverage of season one, episode three of Star Trek Prodigy, Starstruck. Starstruck. Get it, Bob? They they were getting pulled toward a star. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, I am uh, Bob from Cascadia. The man with the puns is Matt from the Southland. Yeah, it's, and we're watching this cartoon, and I'll be honest with you, Bob, I didn't mind this episode too much, and I did watch it on a Saturday morning. It made me feel like a kid again. <laughs> so I can appreciate yeah. I, I appreciate that part. Okay, I, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed this one more too. I, I, I when I watched this, it didn't just feel like a bad Star Wars knockoff. Like there's still some things that are like could use some work but yeah on the whole this was like a great improvement over the two-part pilot i thought i agree and they really set the i guess they set the stage to some degree of what it's supposed to be when you understand that all the character the crew have no clue what the federation actually is so it's almost like they're so distant from star trek that that's why they seem so like they were so foreign or odd in the other episode that makes sense like yeah it does it does although it will be a little interesting to see like how the kids backstories get explained a little more along with the proto stars backstories because like the medusans and Bryker, well maybe it's not true but like medusans we know are like known to the federation right and i think are basically are, are federation members so it's a little weird that one Medusan Zero would be out here. And then in the novels, Bryker are Federation members, although, you know, the novels aren't necessarily canon. So in the you know, in the in the timeline that Prodigy is reimagining for Star Trek, maybe Brykers aren't really known to the Federation and aren't really like a member species. I will say this though, if they wanted to somehow connect Star Wars and Star Trek, this would be the perfect way. <laughs> Like, like you find a ship stuck up under some like you know, ore and whatever it was like shoved up in that moon or I don't know what it was whatever it was, and then that's the only like connection you have to Star Trek at this point. Someone once speculated that at the dark moment, probably during an economic recession, when Disney finally does decide to cross over Marvel and Star Wars. They'll, uh, it'll be that some Star Wars characters find an Iron Man suit, like, frozen in ice. Yeah, I could see that. It also reminds me of that horrible, like, Watchmen DC crossover thing they did where they find the button. In the Batcave, wasn't it? In the Batcave, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I never read that shit on General Principles, because there's only, there's only the one Watchmen series, that's it, nothing more. But here we have a starship stuck in a Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I did want to ask, so, and this is kind of a more general question, like, do you think kids are actually going to like this show? No. <laughs> why, why do you say that? I, I, it's just not, like, I mean, they'll watch it, maybe, if it's just on, like, Nickelodeon or whatever, and there's nothing else on, and they just want to watch something on TV, but I don't think there's, like, kids who are, like, man, I gotta watch Star Trek Prodigy, it comes on next week, gotta see that episode. No, they're not doing that. I, I'll yeah. take a I'll take a poll at my own school, Bob. I'll be like, "Hey, you kids watch Star Trek Prodigy?" 
<laughs> There's also a lot of like. Uh, you should. You should. I want to know what the post is. I, I, I think I might. I think I might just ask around. And be like, hey, you watch Star Trek Prodigy? Yeah. You dig that show? There's a lot of exposition in it, especially at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Like the first, at least the first ten minutes of this show before they start doing gags on the starship, seem to be like a lot of like plot fallout from the first two, and a lot of like little like little character development. That again, I don't have a frame of reference for what small children like, but I I feel like it's going to be lost on them. Yeah, it, there was there was a lot of like techno jargon and just kind of some stuff that just. I mean, I don't know. They might like it. I, I, I think it's. I think there's this. I think it's almost more for adults who like Star Trek and they want to get their kids into it. So they're going to make them watch this. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I, I was describing it to someone as it's not really a show for children. It's a show for adults who want it to be a show for children. Yes, that's a good way to explain it. Yeah. And I don't know, like I could see, I could see kids enjoying the pilot. I mean, you know, I didn't because I'm not a child and yeah. I don't like Star Wars, Yeah, but like it, it was like, it had like a kinetic quality that like, I assume young children would be into that. There was a lot of, a lot of movement and a lot of action and a lot of kind of, you know, just like adventure. Whereas, yeah, even though this felt like a lot more like Star Trek and I, it, you know, it also, there was a lot of like, world building and character development that I just don't assume that kids will be into. I also think though it introduced, it's set up in a way where the main characters are being introduced to Star Trek concepts at like a very generic level. Like the whole thing yeah. of the Federation, like here's the Federation and they pop up the Here, whole thing. Here's the replicator. Right. This here's is a replicator. The, yeah. Yeah. This is what it does. This is what it does. You know, like, yeah. No, that is an interesting point that it is kind of mirroring like the, you know, cause we, I think we called it last week, like an indoctrination show or an addiction show for Star Trek. Right. And so like, it is trying to be like baby's first Star Trek in that sense and explain <laughs> all this stuff to you. Baby's first Star Trek. I like that. Okay. And then, so I was confused. So I sort of got the idea that the antagonist didn't know that the proto star was like buried there. But then you were pointing out that actually he he did, and that's why they were mining for it. I thought that was one of. I thought they needed that whatever the, whatever rock they're mining is like what they use for their cloaking stuff. Okay, okay. But then Maybe I the, just wasn't paying enough attention. Okay. But at the same time, I think they were just, they were doing that because they were looking for the ship. They were digging for it, and then um, the main character and Rocktar or whatever magically find it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Thanks. Thanks. And then I did want to ask, um, do you have an opinion? Glad I could could explain this baby show to you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm insulting. I'm insulting that the show is uh, only for small babies and that I myself cannot follow its complicated plots and the really deep character motivations. Now you know how I feel when we do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could have drawn me a diagram, Matt. (laughs) So I did want to ask, how do you rank the the new Star Trek opening credit scenes or opening credit sequences? I got to go with Lower Decks is funny. Like, I like the Lower Decks one. This one's okay. I'm going to say Lower Decks... Disco, Picard, and then this one just, I mean, I, I don't, 
Okay, I, that's good because I strongly I strongly disagree. So I, I, lower decks is number one, and lower decks is number one both because it's the most traditional and because it's funny. And then I would put Prodigy number two because it's still somewhat traditional and like you know to me like the opening credit sequence should be like shots of the ship or station to instrumental to like pretty instrumental music like that's just what it should be i don't i don't know why you would ever do a star trek opening that wasn't that and you know <laughs> i'm going to now stare hostily at enterprise disco and picard yeah um okay boomer <laughs> yeah no i mean like I, i'm fine with like i'm fine with a lot of the other ways that disco and picard depart from traditional star yeah. trek but i'm not i'm not okay with how they do the opening credit scenes i don't even really remember how the picard one goes i just don't like it i just remember not liking it and then the disco one is just like oh you just see a bunch of like star trek memorabilia on screen right oh here's a communicator oh here's an insignia yeah, but they went all Game of Thrones with it, sort of adding things to it every episode. It was cool. I liked it. And then Picard's, Picard's, if I remember right, don't they, like, don't they just follow a bunch of stars and stuff, and then it ends up, like, taking the shape of Picard? It's pretty cool. What else are they going to do? There's no, like, real, like, specific ship or something for them they to follow. They have the ship. They have the whatever. They do, but, but that's not the focus of the episode, of the show. It should be, and the it's show Picard. should be named after that, not after a character. Bob wants him just to rotate around Picard for like forty seconds. <laughs> no, I, I liked I liked your theory that uh, the that Picard was going to die at the end of season one, and then they were going to rename the ship the Picard. Well, see, yeah, that would have that, that would have made sense. Then you could do that, yes. But now I will say the the Prodigy opening. What's with the hand? There's like a hand at one point. Did you oh, catch that? I'm... Oh, is it supposed to be Hollow Janeway's hand? I mean, maybe you see Hollow Janeway's face, but like at one point you yeah. see them like fly up under like somebody's arm and they come out of their finger. I assume that's flying around Hollow Janeway, but I missed that. <laughs> or maybe, so, maybe, maybe it's a reference to the, uh, the Apollo hand from the original series episode. <laughs> oh yeah. They're going deep there. I'm sure. I'm, let's see. What kills me is you're okay with them like just flying around Hollow Janeway. Oh no, I'm not at all. Okay. I think that's, I think that's very weird and dumb. Oh, Okay. I think they should take that out, but I just, all things considered, I still prefer it to Disco and Picard. Star pattern Picard's too much for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, if, if Paramount, if you just please find a way for us to just skip the intros, we'd appreciate it, you know, cause then I don't have to watch any of them. <laughs> that would be very, I really thank you for that. I, I mean, I like most intros, but I get tired of them after watching so many episodes. So yeah, I, one can never watch enterprise on Paramount plus that would drive oh. you mad. Mm -hmm. Oh man. So I also, I should have brought this up earlier, I guess when you made the point that basically the show is just structured to indoctrinate kids into star Trek. So there's a kind of funny tension, right, where, like, especially I would say, like, Next Generation and Voyager, they're a type of show that kind of like a lot of cop, lawyer, and doctor shows and West Wing, you could call them competence porn, where it's like, it's like a comforting thing where, like, every week you get a large part of your audience's satisfaction is kind of them getting off on watching people do their jobs well. It's kind of interesting that, like, it may be one of the reasons that for people who are vocally like, oh, Prodigy doesn't feel like Star Trek, is that it's kind of reversing that. And so you're watching a bunch of kids be incompetent and, like, struggle to do the stuff that, like, in a normal Star Trek show would just be done instantly. Yeah. 
I mean, you got that's what you have in this episode with the kids just kind of not knowing anything at all. And then if the kids at home are watching, then they're learning as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About but Star like Trek. if you if you're uh, if you're a creepy adult who's watching a children's cartoon and who's seen <laughs> every episode of Next Generation and Voyager, you might understandably be frustrated at how much how much more you know than these dumb children. Exactly, Bob. See, that's yeah. That's why this is geared towards kids. That's why the big Nickelodeon blimp runs into the Paramount Plus logo at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that's still deeply unseemly. That also that also gets some major points deducted from the opening credit sequence. Did you get a commercial this time, Bob? I did, and it was for an actual Nickelodeon cartoon. No, I didn't get anything this time, surprisingly. I don't know. Oh my that. god. I got lucky. And I, I also had to log back into uh, Paramount Plus this time. I was very bitter about that. <laughs> I wanted to make sure some little kid hadn't stolen your account. <laughs> Matt, can I, can I tell you a secret? Yeah. It's not my account. Uh, <laughs> maybe whoever's account it is thought that maybe somebody was stealing because they're watching this show. All right. Anyway. Oh, we they know. We have we have different setups, so I, I, don't, I don't poison their Paramount Plus algorithm. Well, good. So piece of technology that I don't remember ever seeing before, but maybe I'm 100% wrong. Is, was a vehicle replicator a thing? No, it's a it's a joke about Voyager. Yeah, because they always, they kept making shuttlecrafts. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, that's a new thing though, right? Like, that's never been talked about before. Yeah, that's never been talked about. Uh, there, there is discussion in later DS9 episodes of, like, industrial replicators. Yes, I've heard of those, yeah. But, um, no, nobody's ever used the phrase vehicle replicator. Which um, also produced what I thought was the funniest Star Trek meme I think I've seen this year. Uh, and I tweeted it out, but it got no love. I guess it requires too much context. But are, are you uh, familiar with the meme that, that goes something like, laugh out loud, whatever machine goes burr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So somebody, uh, yeah, usually it's used about money printing machine, but it can be other things. Somebody uh, got a picture of Picard from Star Trek Nemesis driving the dune buggy, and then they captioned it, laugh out loud, vehicle replicator goes burr. And I just thought that was hysterical, but no, none of our Twitter followers agreed. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, it was pretty funny actually. Yeah. Uh, vehicle replicator, the, the way the thing was working, it worked really fast. They were going to make it a shuttlecraft in like a minute. And presumably it takes a lot of energy and materials while the ship is in a crisis. <laughs> yeah. While the ship is, <laughs> while they uh, reverted all power to uh, impulse engines or whatever, still was able to do it. <laughs> so, I, I I mean, I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was weird that they were able to fight within the, uh, within the replicator, like while it was creating the shuttlecraft. Yeah. I, I figured there'd be some kind of like safety something there that would kick into play, but. I think that's a complaint or an observation that's going to come up a lot as these children run wild on a Star Trek on a Star Trek ship. Yeah, like where's the safety? Where's the... <laughs> you just start fighting in the middle of a replicator? Speaking of uh, technology, uh, what did you think of uh, Hollow Janeway? Since we see a lot more of her this episode, she's all right. I mean, it's it's fine. I'm not like I'm glad she's there because it adds to the Star Trek piece that's kind of missing but oh yeah if she wasn't there i don't know if i would be watching the show yeah without her it'd be odd i i saw a, a lot of uh love for this on twitter but i i share it uh wholly the love that hollow janeway has for her hollow coffee it's great stuff <laughs> yeah yeah she pulls it out right during the middle when they're like about to 
crash into that <laughs> store. I would also say like the 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 line that I thought was really funny this episode uh, that she delivered was technically it's auto targeting, but you do get to push the button. That sums up a lot of video games. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, Ouch. it really does. I mean, it does. It's like you're not really aiming. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did want to note, Bob, there was a Cation in a spacesuit. Oh, it was so cute. It was so cute. I uh, I tweeted out a picture of that from the show account, and then. Uh, have you ever seen those uh, Japanese backpacks? I, th I think they're Japanese where people carry a cat in them. Yes. And they have like the little like s submarine port and the cat stares out the submarine port. Yes, I've seen those. Somebody uh, shared shared that in response. It was it was very cute and very accurate, I thought. <laughs> the Cations yeah. aren't going anywhere, apparently. Hey, man, you can't have a Star Trek cartoon without a Cation. It's just... You also... Um, all Star Trek cartoons should have um, the Edozians too, that uh, three-limbed, uh, three-legged species. So that's a balls and prodigies court to have an Edozian show up. So did, did the slime thing, I can't remember its name, Murph, what you think about Murph this episode? Didn't do much anything, but... Yeah, it was kind of, wasn't there a kind of a gag where I think it was Dahl was like yelling at him like, Murph, are you going to say this this time? Yeah, and he was eating a chair. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was also in the captain's chair at one point towards the end of the episode. They should make him the captain. He'd be a much better captain than Dull. Because Dull was sitting like on the floor, or like the step that goes down, and then Murph was actually in the captain's chair. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that this episode at least seemed to be aware of what a hateful little shit Dahl is, which is <laughs> progress over the pilot, which did, did not seem aware of that. Although... It seems like they're going to build up this whole, like, you know, redemption arc where Dahl has to learn to be a better leader and to give his team credit and to think democratically, which I'm not looking forward to because I hate Dahl. But, you know, still, at least at least uh, you're not supposed to think he's like Han Solo in this uh, episode, unlike the, unlike in the pilot. True. Yeah, it was it, it, his character is just crap. I don't like him. <laughs> I guess that's like bull writing, writing good protagonist is always a challenge. Yeah. yeah. But woo boy, doll is woo boy. What, I but but you know that you know they exaggerate all these things for the kids, though, right? You're on, you, you 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 get that right? Yes, like, man, the I'm, way he I'm acts. Okay, okay, just making sure. But again, I I'm going to argue that this is not actually a show for children. It's just a show for adults who want to think it's a show for children. Like he's being a dick, but like his dickish qualities are just so the kids can get catch on and be like, "Oh, okay, I get it." <laughs> I mean, yes, Matt, I I get that, I get that, but I just, I still hate him. Gotcha. All right. Well, anything else we talk about with this episode, Bob? Anything else about Prodigy? Any any theories for what's happening next? Nah, no no theories. I don't I don't want to invest in this enough to theorize. All right. Well, this has been uh, the Galaxy's Greatest Podcast about the two great 90s space station shows. But today they were talking about a show for babies that's really a show for adults who want to think it's a show for babies. That is Star Trek Prodigy. I am Bob from Cascadia. The man with the sinister giggle is Matt from the Southland. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening.